This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast, episode number 71, with guest Jen Sincero. Any links and resources you hear in this podcast can be found by going to yourkickasslife.com forward slash 71. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey, ass kickers. Very excited, as always, to have you back for another episode of the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. And I am joined today by Jen Sincero, who has an amazing book out, and I've wanted to interview her for a while. I finally reached out, and she said yes. Who knew? And before we get started, let me tell you a few things about Jen. Jen Sincero is a New York Times bestselling author, speaker, and success coach who's helped countless people transform their personal and professional lives via her public appearances, private sessions, coaching seminars, and most recently, her New York Times bestselling book, You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. She's spoken on stages all over the world and has coached full-on superheroes, helping them build their dream businesses, become New York Times bestselling authors, navigate million-dollar business deals, find their soulmates, and forgive their bitchy mothers who they now realize were just doing the best they could. Jen currently lives in New Mexico and can be found on the web at jensinchero.com. Before we get into the interview, I want to ask you if any of this sounds familiar. So maybe you're listening to this podcast and you hear the guests that I have and you think to yourself, well, I could never implement those tools or I could never have that point of view. I could never have that kind of life. You compare yourself to other women. Maybe you beat yourself up for mistakes that you make at work, mistakes you make as a parent, mistakes that you made in the past. Maybe you kind of live under this dark cloud of just not feeling good enough. And if that's you, A, you're definitely in the right place, and B, what you're feeling is very, very common, and that's something I love to talk about and I love to teach. It's basically your inner critic talking. It's negative self-talk. It's what I also like to call your gremlin. And if that's you, I have a really amazing and affordable class going on right now. You can go right now and read more about it, yourkickasslife.com forward slash gremlin. What it is, is I basically teach you all of the tools and strategies that I have learned in my training as a life coach, in my experience with my clients, with my training with um, Dr. Brene Brown and her senior faculty. And I get you from a place of living under this dark cloud, either consciously or unconsciously, thinking all of these bad thoughts about yourself and horrible feeling because a lot of times it's not just a voice that's spinning in addition it can be just feeling like shit and I take you through that and teach you all of these things and support you along the way where you can be able to manage it I always say like you can't completely get rid of this voice we all still have it I still have it all the guests on my show still have it but we learn to catch it really quickly in its tracks and start speaking to ourselves differently. So I would love to take you on this journey with me. 
Registration is open now, and pretty soon the price is going to go up. I have decided to raise the price on this, but right now it is going to be the price that it has now, and it's only $47. It's a 14-day automated class, but as a bonus, I am opening up a Facebook group for you all where you can ask me questions, I can help support you along the way, and there's other bonuses that come along with it, but it is for a limited time. So if you go to yourkickasslife.com forward slash gremlin. You can read all about it. You can read uh, testimonials from women that I've taken through it recently where this course has changed their life. This is one of my favorite topics to teach on because everyone has it. Everyone has it and it can so be managed. I am living proof of that. This was one of the very first things I learned in my personal development journey and I can't wait to take you there. Yourkickasslife.com forward slash gremlin. And without further ado, here is Jen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. So happy to be here with Jen Sincero, author of You Are a Badass. I mean, how could I not have someone like that on my podcast, you guys? So I am going to jump right in because I have so many questions to ask Jen, and I know that you are going to love her because, I mean, I think I just really feel like you're one of us already. So um Hopefully that doesn't make you uncomfortable. Like I'm inviting you into our circle. <laughs> Who are you people? <laughs> <laughs> We're a tight crew. <laughs> oh, but I, I found you a couple years ago when I was, I was telling you before we started recording, Jen's book came out right before mine came out. And it was, I think it was several months and my agent forwarded it to me and it was like this bright yellow book, you know, mine's bright pink. It was so similar to mine. And it was like that moment of like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but it was really that moment of like scarcity and fear and there's just not enough. And so I love sharing those little moments with my people because we're all human. But I love your videos are hilarious and your book is equally as funny and so much wisdom in there. So I would love to start. Can you tell us how you came to be a quote unquote badass and write about badassery? I think you like to say that you were kind of a loser before. So can you tell us about that? Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, we, we teach what we need to learn. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I went on a quest in my late thirties, early forties. I was really, for me, the big, the big question mark and the big boulder that I had to push up the hill was about money. And, um, I just never had any, (laughs) and I had no idea how to make it. And I was just scraping by and I finally just got so sick of living like a 17 year old boy that I was like, I have got to do something. So I went on basically like a vision quest and read every single self-help book under the sun, went to seminars, meditated my ass off, hired coaches and really turned my life completely around. And, uh, and it was so incredible, these tools and how honestly not that hard it was that I was like, I gotta, I gotta tell the people about this. So that's, that's, that's how I came to teach it and how I came to learn it. I think that's how it is for a lot of us. I know I had a similar experience. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of fall on your face, like looking up at this guy, like, is this all there is? Like, I've mm-hmm. got to be destined for something a little better. Right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So unacceptable. It's like my, I am not spending my one go round on this planet driving this car and living in this crappy apartment. <laughs> it's the proverbial like getting your shit together. So, I yes. love it. I love I love a good redemption story. And um one of one of the topics that we talk about a lot here um 
aka Andrea talks a lot about because she struggles with it so much, is <laughs> the topic of surrender. And mm. I know in chapter 25, I think it is of your book, is called Remember or Remember to Surrender. And I love the metaphors you use in there. You use a, a party metaphor, which which cracked me up. So can you talk to us about what surrender looks like to you? And or maybe even tell the listeners about this party metaphor that you use in that chapter. Um, yeah, you know, surrender, it is, that is such the, I feel like that's such advanced self helpery Mm -hmm. because it's such a delicate balance of going for it, right? Doing everything you know how to do, being grateful, meditating, saying your mantras, staying in the course, taking big, scary leaps. And at the same time, letting it go so it can come in. And it seems sort of counterintuitive when you when we think about it. Yeah, and you know, I the the image that really helps me with it is when you are toiling away and you know, doing your best and working your butt off and doing all the stuff you're supposed to be doing, you're doing it in within the scope of the reality of what you exist in now, which is all you can do, right? You're mm-hmm. in it. And, but you're going for a quantum leap and you're going for creating a whole new reality that you've never existed in before. So if you don't surrender, you literally, it's like you're operating in a tunnel and it's only when the tunnel of your present reality, when you lean back and let it in that the new stuff starts to come in because you can't see it from where you're standing. Does that make sense? Yes. And yes, that is a little bit advanced. (laughs) Uh So honestly, I'll tell you, it's breathing. Ah, mm -hmm. I really think that staying present and breathing and getting out of your head and just relaxing is, is the way to go. Because when we get caught up in the squirrels, we're back in that tunnel. And when we breathe and we're just in the present and we let it go and we just exist and find joy and find gratitude, it allows the new stuff to come in because we're not pushing so hard and we're not, you know, going in our little tunnel. I get it. I totally get it. And when you said that, it made me think of, um, I do a lot of my work is based on the, uh, the research and work of Dr. Brene Brown and of her 10 guideposts for wholehearted living, one of them is letting go of exhaustion and productivity as self-worth, mm. which is sort of like what you're speaking to. And the antidote for that, if you will, um, is cultivating rest and play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to me, rest is, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I don't have time to take a nap. You know, <laughs> like, oh, the luxury. But I love that you said breathing. I went to soul camp recently and I took a breathing class, um, this amazing teacher, um, does breath work and, and I was really curious about it and it like rocked my world. I had no idea the power of, I I use the word controlled loosely, but of controlled breathing of actually being present with your breath. And I mean, I was feeling stuff moving through me and, and I'm probably one of the least woo woo people you might know. And it was incredible. So Take that, people. It doesn't, you know, rest and play doesn't always have to look like taking a nice vacation to the south of France. Yeah, and also, how simple was that? Mm-hmm. All you had to do was breathe. Right. You know, I, I remember thinking it was going to, you know, it's going to be so hard, and I kind of secretly wanted it to be kind of hard because how could I have spent the first forty years of my life 
screwing it up so bad if it wasn't even hard. Right. And you want to be dramatic about it. I know I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so really, they, and like everybody listening to this, take a really deep breath. Like I have a friend who's a voice coach and he calls it smelling the rose. Mm-hmm. So if you breathe in through your nose, if you're smelling a rose, you breathe much, you breathe really down deep into your diaphragm. And it makes you realize that most of us are breathing like halfway down our throats all day long. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. And yeah, thank you for that, Surrender. There's, I think there's so many different aspects of it. And, you know, we could probably have an entire podcast just based on what surrender looks like. And it can look like a lot of different ways. But my listeners and myself tend to be all or nothing type of women. And so that's why I like to kind of talk about the middle ground and what's in the middle there. Self-perception is a zoo. You talk about things like what I like to call the imposter syndrome, where we're just waiting for people to figure out what a big fat fraud we are. So what's your best advice for getting people to see themselves through the eyes of people that think they're awesome? Well, let me think about that for a second. I'll tell you, you know, when I was writing my first book. It was the first time I've ever written a book. I was terrified. I mean, talk about fraud complex galore. I put a picture of my, my, my two biggest cheerleaders on the planet. I actually had a picture of them together and I had that on my desk the whole time. And I was like, you are unauthorized to go down the I suck bunny trail. You have to keep looking at yourself the way these two are looking at you because they get it. They know me really well. So I'm a big believer of surrounding yourself with pictures of people who think you kick ass. Mm -hmm. It's really important also to train your focus because really what we focus on, we create more of. So there's a huge choice that goes on in how we think about ourselves and how we perceive ourselves. And we can choose to focus on our shortcomings or the things that we're scared of or the things that we're insecure about. Or we can focus on the things that we totally kick ass about because there's just as many, if not more of those. And it's really becoming aware in the moment of choice. You know, we say that awareness is the key to change. And so Mm -hmm. starting to train yourself to not be in that hamster wheel and that knee-jerk reaction of thoughts and self-perception and all that stuff and catching yourself in the moment and be like, oh, look at that. Mm-hmm. I just totally slammed myself. I am actually going to change that now and I'm going to drill it into my brain that I am awesome instead of sucking. Yeah. I, I think that's such great. And I, I hate to say it, y'all, but it's easy advice. I mean, it's we're not asking you to to learn how to juggle, you know, 17 fiery torches at once. This is just surrounding yourself with people that think you're awesome. And it's it's so interesting when I had my own proverbial, you know, face plant into the earth and was starting over. <laughs> I was living in this really tiny apartment. I had I was separated from my husband and I was living in this tiny apartment which was by the beach. Like it, you know, it could have been worse, but I was on my own for the first time uh, since I was 15 and with my cat and my copious bottles of wine. And I was so obsessed and was putting so much energy on my soon-to-be ex-husband and his new girlfriend. And I just was like, they are the worst. They are horrible. I'm horrible because he left me for someone else. And I got a Sharpie and a piece of paper and I wrote down all of the people that supported me and that were on my side. And I taped it up by my computer. And I didn't even know really like about what you just said, but I just knew that 
the energy that I was putting onto him who could really give a shit about me and like if I was doing well or not was so much more. And, but I had the choice of which energy to put on it. Did I want to put the energy towards these people that really thought I was awesome and, and knew I could get through what I was going through? Or did I want to put the energy on my ex-husband that I didn't have a future with? So it was really kind of that simple. And that was like, a, it was something small, but it was a really huge step. So I love that you said that. Yeah. And I think it's really, um, it's the difference between simple and conscious, right? It's mm -hmm. like, it's not that it's hard. You just have to make the conscious choice. You just have to do it. So I think everybody mistakes is, Oh, it's so hard. It's not hard. You just have to consciously make yourself do it. Yeah. And I want to just add too, that it's, it's not just doing it and checking it off the list and you're done and you're a pro at it. It's like, failing at it and finding yourself back in those thoughts of crap and then trying again over and over again, sometimes like every 30 minutes or so until it becomes more of a habit. And those times where you're not, where you're, when you're focusing on the bad are really few and far between. That's how at least it had worked for me and continues to. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, we've all heard this stuff a zillion times. I mean, I certainly did. But you've got to really get into the mode where you roll up your sleeves. You're like, all right, I am officially ready to change this, mm -hmm. you, you know, knowing it is one thing, but actually consciously doing it is a whole other ball game. Yeah. I also think I like to say that I think everybody has a different amount of suffering that they're willing to put up. with. Uh -huh. like, everybody Definitely. has a different pain tolerance mm -hmm. and I think it varies depending on what part of your life it is. Like whether it's the season of your life or whether it's in relationships or work, like I know, like for me, I don't put up with shit from anybody except my kids. Yeah, <laughs> uh -huh. a total pushover. And then, you know, I was, I was really confident in certain areas of my life before, but I was a total, you know, I would take so much suffering in my relationships. So I think that you have to get to that point where you're ready to draw the line in your sand. And if you're not ready, then you're not ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Point. So chapter eight, you, I love the titles of your chapters too, by the way, what are you doing here? It's called, <laughs> <laughs> and you tackle the topic of life purpose, which I know that for my people, I actually wrote a blog post on this a couple years ago because I find people get really angsty about this. Like, oh my God, I don't know what my life purpose is and I'm turning 40 or they, they turn to me and they're like, you're so lucky that you found your life purpose. And I'm, I'm over here kind of like, I have a lot of life purposes. Like this isn't the only one. And what if I change my mind later? So I'm not, I'm not holding too tight onto it. But uh -huh. I love that you named several ways to get clear on not only what your calling is, but kind of who you are as, as a person. And so can you tell us just a couple of those, like maybe your favorite tools in figuring all that out for people? Oh my God. I have to go get my book. Like, <laughs> I'll remind you what my favorite was, um, that you're an alien and that you're like coming down oh, from a different yeah. planet. I love that exercise. <laughs> you're like, I'm so smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I read my book and think that too. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't mind. I don't think I came up with it. So I could say that. Um, I guess I could say it either way, huh? Uh, okay. So basically the problem is we forget how we basically just forget to notice things around us that are so profoundly, I mean, seriously, guys, we should all be sobbing at tears of disbelief that we have bodies that have hearts that pump blood through them and that we have oxygen and food and sun and a flower to stare at for five. I mean, it's the miracles right? are endless. So being the alien is an exercise to notice the miracles about who you are. 
And it's just basically if you were an alien being and you swooped down into your own body, having never been there before, having no idea who you are, what would that alien notice about your skills, about your personality, about your connections, about your opportunities, about your just general way of being in the world that they could capitalize on and be like, oh my God, this is amazing. Look at all these incredible things that I've got at my fingertips. What am I going to do with this? As opposed, because the alien doesn't have the stream of fear, doubts, and worries that you have carefully cultivated throughout your entire <laughs> life. <laughs> right. So it's just kind of a fun exercise to really try and wipe the, the slate clean so that you can have a, have a real look at what's really going on around here. Got it. I love, I love that one. And I often tell people too, like, <clears throat> what if you just, like, what if it was your life purpose to just be here on earth and take in all the wisdom that you absolutely can and strive to be a better person and strive, even if you don't have kids, like strive to help the next generation be better than we are. I mean, because that's a huge job in and of itself, like to help heal a whole nother generation. Um, I just, I feel like we put so much pressure on us to find these grandiose careers or, you know, win the next Nobel Peace Prize. And I just, I, I, we have enough pressure, especially as women to do and be everything in our lives. Like just calm your tits for a second. And what if just try on the, the, um, what is the word I'm looking for? The perspective of it doesn't have to be so grandiose. It doesn't have to be anything. True. It, all it has to be is what you truly desire. So, you know, for some people, grandiose is what they're here for. And for some people, growing the perfect tulip is what they're here for. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. But that's why it's so key to get quiet and really listen to what your desires are, because they're so clouded by so many shoulds for all of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're never happier than when you're just riding the wave of who you are. So that's what it's really about. And then when you do that, you, of course, like you can see it in people when they're just loving it because they're so happy and lost in doing what they're meant to be doing on this earth. And that right there is hugely inspirational to anybody who's within breathing distance of them, you know, effect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been, I've been kind of consuming a lot of information and wisdom lately about creativity, partially because of Liz Gilbert's new book, Big Magic. And Liz Gilbert, if you're listening to this, I would really like you to come and be on my podcast. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just the notion of creativity. And I think, um, you know, for you, I, I make up that you're probably your favorite is writing and maybe music and, and whatever <laughs> other kind of art. But I think that I, I truly, truly believe that all of us are makers, but not all of us choose to tap into it. And I I had a client recently and we were talking about, uh, about that. And I asked her what hers is. And it was the typical, you know, she's a mom, she's got young kids and she just doesn't have time. And I was like, you have to make time. You have to, or I will come over to your house and throw eggs at it. Like I just, (laughs) it is, that is your, I think for most of us, that is our purpose to make beautiful and amazing and inspiring things either for ourselves to make us better people so that we will be of service to the world and or to show our art to the rest of the world to make the world a better place. And that it's already within you. And there's so many different ways to make, you know, it doesn't have to be, I used to think creativity was like just artists, like people that painted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was it. Mm -hmm. But it's like there are cookers and quilters and idea people and 
singers and dancers and song poets like there's just there's so much so many amazing things so you listening like go out and do whatever it is that you know that you want to do the thing that you don't have time for the thing that you think is like frivolous or a luxury make time for it please yeah and and I really you know you we are creator we're creators just by being on this earth and what your life is your biggest art project. So, Mm -hmm. you know, some people find it in business, like that's their grand creation or, you know, again, like I I was like you two where it had to be within the the scope of the arts, but science is, is creative. Like, you know, so it's, it's really whatever it is. Thank you. But it's that that. thing that you get kind of lost in. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the stuff you know, we, we have to do a lot of stuff for work that probably, you know, and I, I love my job, but you know, there's certain things about it that I could definitely go, go without doing, <laughs> but, but it's when you get in that groove and you look up and hours have gone by and that, that's really when you know. So if you're, if you're having trouble figuring it out, that is an excellent sign. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really. love that you said that about other topics like science and, oh God, I love science. Okay. <laughs> so I love asking my, my guests this question. We all love common humanity. I mean, who doesn't? And I have to ask, what is the topic that you still struggle with the most, the one you absolutely have to take one day at a time? The My, my biggest banana peel. <laughs> is that what you call it? Uh, well, yeah. Like that you slip on? Discipline. Love it. I... And the most easily distracted person on the planet Earth. Like, actually, right now, after I get off the phone, I was like, I'm going to go look at tickets for Cabo San Lucas. Like, I'm just going to – I have so much work to do, but <laughs> I'm getting a puppy in a week. And I was like, this is my last chance to just, like, travel at the whim- at the drop of a hat. So, so but I'm probably going to stay here and write my webinar. <laughs> <laughs> so but, no, it is, it's discipline for me. And, and but I have to say, um, a huge – just lovely thing that I've come across with my own struggles with it is there is no real right way to do anything. And, um, I just sort of want to say this for all these other people out there who are procrastinators and you know, the shiny thing gets them every time. The biggest relief for me was realizing that there is balance in quote unquote imbalance. Like I, you know, you know, it's like when you write a book, they give you eight months to write the manuscript, Mm -hmm. right? Every book I've ever written, I've spent the first seven months traveling and hanging out with my friends. And then the eighth month in a robe, bleary eyed, panic stricken, writing 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. And that's how I operate. Like I already know, like even if I still actually may go to Cabo San Lucas, but I will do my whole webinar in a 24 hour period. So as long as it gets done, that's what's important. There's no right or wrong way to do it. And for me, that's balance. Like I love completely going off the grid and unplugging and getting to work and just being 100% focused on my work. And it wasn't until I let myself off the hook for doing it incorrectly or being a flake or whatever, I get, I get the job done. So, um, you know, it's not pretty, but it gets done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if that works for you and I, I love that you've just kind of, what you said was key there is like, you've just kind of given yourself permission to do it that way. Mm-hmm. And even though like the productivity experts would tell you you're wrong, but yeah, mm-hmm. you're like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's no way I've tried so many times and it's just never going to happen. So getting clear on who you are and how you operate is freedom. Oh, Cause yeah. then instead of spending those seven months hating yourself and beating yourself up that you're not working on your book, 
you can enjoy them because the, I find nothing more painful than that purgatory of not working, but not playing like mm-hmm. forcing yeah. yourself to like <laughs> be there. Cause you're supposed to, it's like, I'm not even getting any work done now. And, you know, I could have been hiking. So, uh, yeah, anyway, or you're what supposed that's to be supposed to be playing <laughs> and resting or vacationing, and you're obsessing about work because there's yeah, yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, not that that's it's ever like, happened to me. What? Not that that's ever happened to me ever. ever. <laughs> and the worst is in the middle of the night, right? You always wake oh, up in the middle shit. of the night like with a gorilla on your chest, and you're spinning out about something. It's like either get up and do it or go to sleep because right. sitting here freaking out for some reason, nighttime makes a magnifying glass so much bigger. That hasn't happened to me in a long time, but like more in the mm-hmm. beginning of when I started my own business. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that that yep. is work. Or for me now, it more happens like I'll wake up at five in the morning and think of something. You know, that's when the best ideas come, and then I yeah. have to start writing or something. Yeah, totally. More coffee, please. Yes. Oh gosh, <laughs> you have. I love that you have a lot of resources in the very back of your book. And is there any one that's your absolute favorite? Or I know you wrote it a long time ago. Or is there mm. any new ones that you have that you can tell us about, like the, the ah. book that turned your life around? Yes. Oh my gosh. Always so, so, so many. Um, well, some of my all time favorites. I love, I actually, I love the shorter and more to the point, the better. I really hate spending time on this stuff. I just want the information to get on with it already. (laughs) Tips and tools. (laughs) Give me the tools. I read this damn book. Bullet points. Um, so I actually don't remember what's in the back of the book, but I will tell you, I know one that isn't that I stumbled on afterwards and I'd wished I'd put it in is Debbie Ford's, uh, the lights, the dark side side of the light chasers, Mm -hmm. which is so great. It's all about, uh, accepting, you know, we are all things and we attract the things within us that we're not so psyched about. And it's not until we with that, we accept them within ourselves that we can sort of unhook from the attraction to them. Anyway, it's a, it's a really profound, amazing book on, relationships with yourself and others. Um, on that note, I love Byron Katie's loving mm-hmm. what is mm-hmm. just love that book to death. Um, for wealth consciousness, I've read the science of getting rich 8,000 times. Um, I haven't by even heard Wallace. of that one. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The science of getting rich. Okay. Uh, and that's the shortest of all. <laughs> <laughs> just speaking my language. Um, yeah. Wallace, you know, he's like the old timey guy writing about the railroad, but, uh, it's great. And Think and Grow Rich, I like too. It's just too long for me. And The Science of Getting Rich is a little bit more cryptic. I love it. Anyway. Okay. Good. Thank yeah, you Yeah, so that's a good that. one. Um, Deepak Chopra, I love because he's a real, he breaks it down. Power, Freedom, Grace by him is just a lovely book. Seven Spiritual Laws of Success is great. Um, what else? That's a long um, to-do list for my people. <laughs> yeah, they're all, I mean, and it is, it's just that thing. It's such a personal thing. It's whoever resonates with you. It's why, you know, why your people are following you. Cause that you speak in a way that they love and resonates with them. And those are all, but, well, I, I mean, I love Debbie Ford and, um, I for sure have read, um, Byron Katie's work. I have that one too. And those are, those are, those all sound great. I'm definitely going to check those other ones out because I need more self-help bags. <laughs> right. Isn't it embarrassing? It's like, oh my gosh, look how full that shelf is. Yeah. But it's well, great. What I like to do, and this is a tip for everybody, I like to get them from the library first because I was spending so much money on books. Um, and I like to support authors, but I was getting, I would buy them sometimes and I'm like, I don't really like this book. And then I would just wasted money on it. So get it from the library first. And then if you love it, buy an actual copy of it. So mm-hmm. easy peasy. Mm-hmm. Saving money. See? <laughs> there's your wealth tip 
Uh, well, what's next for you? Tell everyone where they can find you and um, where, you know, we're in early November now. So what, how do you mm-hmm. want people to, to find you and come and say hi? Oh, they can go to my website, which is jensincero.com, J-E-N-S-I-N-C-E-R-O.com. Or if you go to youarabadass.com, it will get you there as well. And yeah, sign up for my list and stay in touch. I'd love to hear from your people. It sounds like we are kindred spirits. Absolutely. And um, I am, what is next for me? I will be launching a new You Are a Badass Eight Weeks to Awesomeness group coaching program at the beginning of next year, which I'm really psyched about. It's a such a fun, easy and short to deal with program. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you get a video every week. You get a little worksheet every week. Uh, and there's live coaching calls with me. And we just really work within that eight-week framework of not necessarily cramming, but serious focus on something that you are ready to move on with already. And mm-hmm. it's really it's, – it's been a really great course. We, we combine the to-do list with the mindset piece so that you embody all of these, these, these things that, that – we all talk about so often. Good. Oh, that's yeah. important. I love so, that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. And thank you I, so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm glad we got to finally connect. And now my people yep. know about you. I always like to tell them about people that that I follow in the uh, interwebs. And um, mm-hmm. just real quick for everybody listening, we are going to close registration very soon on my 14-day uh, gremlin course that has a bunch of bonuses. So go over to yourkickasslife.com forward slash gremlin. And any links that you heard here, will have the links to the books that Jen mentioned. And of course, her book, her website are on the show notes at yourkickasslife.com forward slash seven one. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Thank you.